You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 227, Leadership Lessons from the Apostle Paul, Part 3. And so I just want to recap real quick where we've been the last couple of episodes, and then we'll finish up this little mini-series with uh, today's show. We talked about Paul um, really as being one of the great leaders in all of history. I mean, he is the guy who in, eh, give or take, 30 years of ministry, um, took Christianity from uh, really kind of the middle of nowhere in Palestine and in, in, in Israel and moved it to really the the entire uh, known world at that time and set the stage for for growth even beyond that. He is the guy who uh, took Christianity into all the world. And of course, he had people with him, and that was really one of the first things we talked about is the fact that he built a team. He had people helping him, uh, people that he trained and, and not just gave tasks but gave authority. And these were the folks that helped him take the, the message of the gospel and establish the church all over the world. Um, we also talked about uh, the Apostle Paul as uh, the guy who had a plan. Uh, he didn't just kind of run into this thing blindly. You don't change the world. You don't change the really the religious uh, landscape of the, of the known world without some kind of a plan, and he had one. At the same time, uh, he was a man who was led by the Holy Spirit and was willing to shift that plan uh, when needed. And I'd encourage you to go back if you haven't heard either of the, those, the last two episodes. Take a listen. I think you'll really enjoy them. Well, today we're going to kind of wrap up talking about Paul the leader. And uh, we're going to talk about his communication skills. You know, everybody understands that in leadership... Uh, really, communication is the key to effective leadership. I mean, how many people do you know that, that are really uh, poor leaders, and when you kind of look at their communication skills, their communication skills are poor as well. But at the same time, when you, 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 you've, you've worked for good leaders, you've been around good leaders, you've um, you know, listen to good leaders, you've learned from good leaders, there are also those men and women who know how to communicate effectively. And really, the Apostle Paul is a prime example of that, and we're going to look at that in this episode. Uh, first of all, we're going to look at Paul as a speaker, as an oral communicator. Um, you know, everybody knows that, that it's important to be able to uh, communicate clearly, to um, really convey what we're, what we're thinking and to be able to put it into words. You know, how awkward is it when um, we think we're communicating, but we really aren't conveying what we think 
we're conveying. Or maybe you've been in one of those awkward conversations where uh, a leader was was telling you something and you kind of thought you understood what they were saying, but they, they really weren't. And so you're kind of having to piece it together and then maybe they get aggravated when you ask them to clarify. But but, but really, as a leader, that's something that we, we should really work towards is being able to communicate effectively what we're thinking, what we're seeing, what we want to do and where we want to go. And so, um, you know, we see Paul as a, a wonderful oral communicator in the book of Acts. Uh, Luke actually records a number of Paul's speeches. Now, some of these are sermons. These are messages that he was preaching. In other contexts, he's speaking to leaders. Um, in other contexts, he's speaking to friends. And in several contexts towards the end of Acts, he's actually uh, on trial, as it were, and he's giving his defense. But these are excellent messages and great, great examples of the Apostle Paul's oral communication skills, and I encourage you to read them. Now, in, in talking about his sermons, it's interesting because he he preaches to um, Jewish people who had some uh, knowledge or had a lot of knowledge of the one true God, um, and so he would preach a little differently to them. Uh, he would also preach to people who had multiple gods and maybe knew little or nothing about the, the Jewish God. Um, so he had preached very differently. And in another context, he's preaching to philosophers. So very interesting the way Paul shifts his message and shifts his tone um, as he communicates with these three groups. And, um, and I think Paul's, writ, or Paul's oral communications really kind of fall into uh, or, or really have three characteristics that I think we can learn from as leaders. First of all, they were entertaining and I don't mean this in the sense of being a stand-up comedian, but he was able to keep his audience interested. They wanted to hear him. They wanted to listen to him. He spoke in such a way that they didn't fall asleep. He was entertaining. It was a, a message that was um, uh, fast-paced. He told stories. It was narrative. It was... Um, you know, we think entertainment sometimes in, in, in a communication realm, or and especially if we're pastors, um, you know, we think that when we we think of preaching, we don't necessarily think of entertainment. But, uh, you know, my dear friend, if you're a pastor and your messages are not entertaining, um, you can rest assured that no matter how hard they're staring at you while, they're pre- while you're preaching, they're not getting it. It's got to be entertaining. And you know, we see the, the example with Paul is that uh, in many cases after he preached, he said the people uh, received his message gladly and said, hey, we want to hear you again. Um, in one case, the uh, the governor, uh, Felix, the Roman governor, Felix, where Paul was being held in jail, said he loved to listen to Paul and he, he, he listened to him every chance he got. So, so Paul was an entertaining speaker. He knew how to make his communication um, to... Um, he knew how to put it in such a way that people wanted to listen. And, you know, this is a big deal because when you're communicating and you're communicating things that are important to the people that uh, report to you, to the people in your church, to the people in your business, you want them to get it. You don't want them to to go away, uh, you know, having spent the whole time staring at Facebook on their phone. You want them to listen, and we do that by making it entertaining. How do we make it entertaining? Well, there's a number of ways we can do that. Paul told stories. He he shared a narrative. 
Um, he shared in some cases personal experience. Um, he, he made it relevant to the people that he was talking to. Um, another thing that Paul did in his communication was he made it engaging. Um, not only entertaining, but also engaging. People wanted to, uh, the, I, I get the feeling that when Paul was preaching, people were leaning forward to listen to what he had to say. Um, he even held the attention of his enemies. There's several times where he's um, on trial and he's making his defense, and even his enemies are, are listening intently to what he says. In one case, a mob has just tried to kill him. Um, I mean, imagine Paul at the center of a mob. They're beating on him. They're probably kicking him. The Roman soldiers come and rescue him. And as they're taking him away and they get him kind of up on a, a platform, up on some, some stairs, Paul says, hey, can I speak to the crowd? So maybe there's uh, 50 people. Maybe there's 200 people. We don't know. But there's, there's a mob that just tried to kill Paul. And the Roman centurion says, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that that's a really good idea. But if you want to speak to him, go ahead. And so Paul begins to share his story with this mob who's just tried to kill him. And it says that they fell silent and they listened to Paul's message and they were engaged. So you know, when we're communicating with people, it needs to be engaging. I mean, you've heard sermons or you've heard your CEO talk or you've heard some other leader talk and you look around and people are struggling to stay awake. If you're a communicator, and if you're a leader, you are a communicator, it needs to be engaging. And so I encourage you to work on making it entertaining, make it, making it engaging. And then next, your communication needs to be encouraging. You know, sure, there's a time when we need to deal with tough issues. There's a time when we need to um, coach and fix, fix problems. But often this is done with individuals and often it's done in private. Um, I think public communication by the leader needs to be encouraging. Uh, you want people to, to go away thinking that um, things are okay. Now, obviously, if the, build, the business is about to go under, then you know maybe that's not the, <laughs> the best tack to take. But I think the majority of the time as leaders, we need to present... Um, our communication in such a way that people feel better. As the leader, one of your primary jobs is to let your team know that everything is okay, um, to let them know you're going to make it. Even if things are tough, to let them know it's going to be okay and encouraging them. And uh, if you can't do that, well, that's fine. I mean, I'm not telling you to lie, but I think in, in, in the majority of instances, I think as leaders, we need to be able to convey a sense of encouragement. Paul did this on a ship. The, the, for two weeks, a storm had been ravaging the Mediterranean and this ship that they were on, 276 people were on this ship and they knew they were going to die. The ship eventually shipwrecked and they were saved on an island, but in the midst of it, they don't know that. And Paul stood up after two weeks and gave a short speech and it says they were all encouraged by his words. Listen, as a leader, you've got to bring encouragement. If, if you get up and you leave your, your, your people after you've spoken with a sense of gloom and doom or a sense of uncertainty, you haven't helped yourself, your workers, or your business or company or church or whatever your organization is. 
We need to be encouragers in our communication. And these are just three thoughts on Paul's uh, oral communications. We could we could break it down and, and examine it, but what I would encourage you to do is dig in to uh, the book of Acts and look at the speeches that Paul gave. Um, there's a number of them. And, and, and dig in and look at the different characteristics of Paul's speeches and see how he tailored each one to um, you know, the different audiences. Um, you know, we mentioned entertaining, we mentioned engaging, and we mentioned encouraging. Um, and you know, one more thought on engaging our audience. You know, when Paul was in Athens, he he was pulled before the the the, the Greek philosophers there in Athens, and they were listening to him um, carefully, engaged in what he was saying because he knew how to hold his audience, and he. He, he was culturally relevant as he shared this message because he knew Greek philosophy. And so he, he, he was able to share lines from, um, and quotes from some of their own philosophers to engage them as he shared with them. So, so as a leader, um, be entertaining, be, be engaging, and then be encouraging. Do not go away. We will be right back. We still have one more thing we need to cover on Paul the Communicator. But I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul and Acts. Now, this was my doctoral dissertation. And I've changed it up. I've made it more readable. But this is a book you need to have on your bookshelf. It gives an introduction, a really thorough introduction to the Acts of the Apostles, but also to the Gospel of Luke because the same writer wrote both. And so there was some definite overlap as I was doing the research. And so there is some great, great background material for Luke and Acts that I know you're going to want to look at. But also, we go into um, uh, Peter and Paul's ministry in the book of Acts. These were the two most eminent apostles in the early church, and we examine how they made such an impact in so many lives and how they conducted their apostolic ministry. Peter's ministry was primarily to um, the Jews. Paul's ministry was primarily to the non-Jews, to the Greeks. So check out Peter and Paul in Acts. It's a great book to have on your shelf as a reference. Um, It's a good book to supplement your study of the book of Acts. I know you'll love it. Well, okay, we're back. We talked about Paul, the communicator, um, in the oral oral, um, sense, communicating orally. And now I want to talk about Paul's written communications. You know, he wrote 13 letters to churches and to individuals. 13 letters. And these letters are so good, we're still reading them 2,000 years later. Now, what about these letters? What was the purpose of these letters? Well, obviously, Paul couldn't just hop on a plane and go visit the church in Corinth or the church in Rome or Ephesus or Colossae or, excuse me, uh, Thessalonica, wherever, you know, the many other churches that he planted. He, He couldn't do that. So, um, travel was very difficult in the first century. And so he, he had to figure out a way to stay in touch with the churches. Um, now, we mentioned his teams in one of the earlier episodes, but you know it wasn't, he wasn't even always able to send a team member, but he could send a letter. 
And so he would send people. Timothy was one of his trusted workers, Titus, um, others that, 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 that were part of Paul's team that he would send him to um, speak for him into the different churches. But many other times he would write a letter to the churches. And so these letters really form the core of our New Testament, and we can be very thankful that they do because they give us much, much insight into the function of the church, um, how the church was put together, and, and even issues and problems that the early church um, dealt with. And, you know, we realize that in 2,000 years, things haven't changed that much because the same issues they were dealing with then, we're dealing with those same issues today. Human nature hasn't changed. So let's let's talk about these letters a little bit. Um, first of all, Paul, Paul wrote letters that were clear. They were clear. And what do I mean by clear? When you read Paul's letters, they're not hard to understand. Um, on, and that's not to say there aren't things that in the letter that, that are a little tough to follow sometimes. But when you read Paul's letter to the Galatians, it's very, very clear that he's writing to deal with uh, legalism. He's writing to deal with um, what happens when we choose the law over grace, and you know that's the the the, 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 the issue goes even deeper than that. But that's really it. He's he's writing to deal with a church, a non-Jewish church who's chosen to embrace the law. Um, when you read the the letter of First Corinthians, it's very obvious he's writing to deal with problems in the church. He deals with problems that people have referred to him. He also deals with questions that have been sent to him by the church at Corinth. It's very, very clear. When you read the Thessalonian letters, it's very clear. He's writing to deal with some misconceptions that they've had about the end times and some other things. Um, When you read Paul's letter to uh, first letter to Timothy. He's writing to give Timothy and the church um, some very clear instruction on selecting leaders and uh, dealing with some uh, uh, doctrinal issues that have cropped up in the church. So they're very clear. All you have to do is read the letter and you understand pretty quickly what Paul is trying to say. And our communication, are we being clear? I work for the police department here outside of Atlanta for almost 30 years. And you know, we had some good chiefs and some bad chiefs and some, you know, other leaders up the chain of command who um, were good and bad. But um, it was always nice when a new policy came out that was clear. There was nothing worse than when a policy came out, when something new that we had to implement came out, that um, you would read it and, and, and struggle to understand it because it wasn't clear. Our written communication needs to be clear. We don't have to use big words. We don't have to use long sentences. But we do need to write in a way that is clear. Paul's writings were also concise. Um, and what I mean by concise, I mean, some of these letters are long. I mean, 1 Corinthians is 16 chapters. Romans is 16 chapters. 2 Corinthians, I think, is 13 chapters. And, you know, so these aren't concise. But, but most of the letters are. And... You know, the, the longer letters, he's, he's unfolding and dealing with, uh, you know, bigger issues. But on the whole, Paul wrote concise communications. And within the letter, he'll deal with an issue concisely and then move on to the next letter. Remember, he couldn't just 
jump on a plane and be there. So um, just the fact that they were long doesn't mean they weren't concise because within the letter, he concisely deals with the issues. Um, so very, very important when you see um, the way Paul wrote his letters. And another thing that Paul did, and this even falls under the, 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 the idea of being concise, he wasn't afraid to repeat himself. Um, he understood that um, it would be uh, better to repeat key phrases over and over again. So, um, you know, these letters were designed at the time they were written. You know, each person in the church wasn't going to get a copy of one. So it would be read in the church, and they would have to be heard over and over again. And so writing concisely was very, very important in the way that Paul, you know, put his, his thoughts together. Third thing is Paul connected with his audience. Uh, It's very obvious when you read Paul's letters, he loved the churches that he was writing to. And in most of the cases, the churches that he was writing to, the people he was writing to, he was very close to them. Um, With the exception of Colossae, where he had never been before, part of his team planted the church in Colossae, um, and also the church of Rome he had not visited yet, all the other churches he had personally planted, or at least been you know, very involved in the process. Um, and so even in those letters, when you read them, he's, he's constantly mentioning other people within the church. I mean, the, the last chapter of Romans, it's an entire chapter of Paul giving greetings and shout-outs to people in the church. And he does this in, in pretty much each of his letters. He'll um, call out people in the church because he's so connected with them. And he knew that um, when their name was called out in church, how good that would make them feel. Remember, these letters were designed to be read to the church. And so these um, shout-outs Paul gave helped him to stay connected to his audience. So this connection thing is very important. And in some cases... He, he would have to write a second letter because uh, maybe things were misunderstood. He moved to 2 Corinthians, and he clarifies some things that maybe they didn't understand. 2 Thessalonians, he's clarifying some things that maybe they didn't understand. But he wanted to stay connected with his audience. And you, you really can, can feel Paul's heart when he talks about the, the people that are involved in the churches. And then the, the last thing we'll we'll mention about Paul's writing is it was compelling. It was, and I think this kind of com, um, compares with uh, the the engaging aspect of his oral communications. Paul's letters were compelling. I mean, when they were being read out loud, you probably didn't have a lot of people going to sleep because these letters are being written to specific situations in each church. Today, we kind of take them and leave them because they aren't being written to us personally. And so, you know, whatever issues the Corinthians were dealing with, we look at it from a historical context. But I think we'd be much better off to, to say, okay, what does this mean for me? What can I draw from this? And, and understand that Paul was writing letters that were compelling. Well, just a quick recap. We mentioned Paul's oral communications, how it was entertaining, engaging, and encouraging. And then Paul's writing. How is your writing? Leader? When you write a memo, when you write a letter, when you send an email out, how is your communication? Um, I encourage you to work on making your communication the best it can be. It needs to be clear, concise. You need to connect with your audience, and it needs to be compelling. 
Well, friends, I hope this helps you. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the comments section for today's post. Make sure that uh, while you're there, you sign up to get my free newsletter. You just drop your email in the box at the upper right corner, and that way we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. If you enjoy the show, give me a review on uh, on, on, on the iTunes uh, website. That is a huge help for podcasters. Let me know if you enjoy it. That's great. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to keep developing leaders.